0: Everybody, Welcome back to the Hills Are Silent podcast, where we chop, 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 and jelly slice it up, sling, about the games of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I'm Two-Tone the Artist. And I am Mr. Peach. And uh, we've got a good episode for you. Uh, of course, the day of recording is Black Friday. I mean, I guess the, cons- the theme here is consumerism, so... With that being said, Mitch and I got some game pickups. Uh, I didn't get anything today, though, for Black Friday. This is all previous stuff. What about you, Mitch? Any, anything you're getting for Black Friday or no?
1: I did pick up that uh, that Resident Evil 4 remake. I sent you that one oh, uh, yeah, yeah. when I had, I had a few drinks uh, on uh, Blackout Wednesday, and I was... Uh, Seeing that deal and just went ahead and pulled the trigger, and uh, I really, I have really been wanting to play the RE4 remake, so I, I'm excited to get that one. Only thirty bucks. Probably could have waited and got it for twenty later, but you know, I'm I'm gonna put it in the disc drive pretty quickly after I get it.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, the Resident Evil games. Typically, I prefer to get games for like five dollars, ten dollars, fifteen, maybe even twenty. But Resident Evil is one of the few franchises that I'll either get lesser of a discount or sometimes I'll get a full price because man, just love that series. I know I'm going to play through it immediately and I too picked up Resident Evil 4, although I paid a little more than you. I got it uh, for 40 bucks, I think just a couple days ago off of Amazon but I had participated in a coding tournament at my job and I got third place and the prize was a $50 gift card. So I ended up just using that. So Nice.
1: That's pretty cool you have coding tournaments at
0: work. That sounds fun. Yeah. Fun I would not <laughs> wouldn't necessarily call it fun. I don't know. I'm a I mean, my job is software development. I can be very honest and say I don't necessarily love software development, but uh, you know, it's a good job and sometimes there is some satisfaction in it. But, sure. but yeah, high high stress timed coding challenges are not not my okay, thing. Okay, never mind.
1: When you put it that way, it doesn't sound as fun. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: I don't know if any of our audience knows this, but when you interview for a job, a software development job, there's almost always a like coding challenge or coding like test you have to do. Like, yeah, you not only do you have to do a great job like being likable with your personality and, and doing a great job in the actual interview, but they also will test your skills. And that can be very stressful because you have no idea what they're going to test you on. There's so many different, like, common interview challenges that they do. So the best you can do is just try to prep and, and practice the ones that are most common. But you never know what you're going to get. And um, sometimes it can just be ridiculous stuff. And nine times out of ten, it's stuff that's not even practical or used in the real world anyway. It's like, what I... I'm like how is this this is not relevant to the job at all so why is this the the coding challenge
1: that sounds like my entire college education
0: yeah i exactly same situation man like very little of what i learned in college about software development actually applies to the real world which is very sad to say Why couldn't they offer us like a
1: budgeting class or, you know, or how to do your taxes or just stuff that's like actually like good, good life skills to have. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I did take a personal finance class in college, but it was, it was an elective. It was not required at all. But after taking that class, I learned so much from that. And after that take, I taking that class, I was like, why is this not mandatory on the curriculum? Like There's so many things that could be replaced with this because this is way more practical and actually applicable to real life.
1: Yeah, I went to a liberal arts school and I had a mandatory religion class, but I had no mandatory finance personal finance class. So I'm like, how does this make sense? Come on. Yeah. Uh,
0: anyway, we kind of went off on a side tangent there, but that's what's going on. That's how I ended up getting Resident Evil 4. But uh, yeah, for, for me, there's really no... Black Friday deal that really stood out to me this year.
1: Yeah, same here.
0: So, and a lot of it's the same old stuff. Like, I don't need a new TV. I don't need a new computer. I don't need a new whatever million gadgets they're trying to sell. That
1: as the podcast knows, I, I did both of those earlier this year. Yeah, the exactly. New TV and a new laptop, and I I have not found deals that are close to what I paid for both of those things. So yeah,
0: yeah, you can good- find deals
1: whatever the time of year is. It doesn't have to be the black friday time
0: that's a good point all right man so anyway having said that yeah all these pickups are from uh, previous purchases other than mitch's resident evil 4 purchase none of these were black friday purchases but uh without further ado mitch i'm gonna let you jump it off let me see what you got man i'm excited to see what you
1: what you've picked up yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna preface this ahead of time to say i did not pay for all of these because uh, I have it, quite a few, it looks like I'm very irresponsible. But I did not pay for all of these, and there's a good story for why that is. But um, I'm going to go into what I did pay for first in my my eBay purchases that I was doing uh, as we uh, two episodes ago now we uh, we talked about spiritual successors and uh, wanting to see some of the uh, some of the Street franchise come back. So I went ahead and. Bots, not the first one, not the second one, but all three The whole trilogy NBA Street franchises and um, Mike, as you pointed out that I will never remove on the first one We've got a nice Game Crazy MVP price sticker on here That uh, is a nice throwback to, to the days of Game Crazy Yeah, so typically I like my games looking clean So
0: I will take the stickers off if it's like a GameStop sticker or something else, but there's a few exceptions to that. Blockbuster stickers I never remove because that's just historical right there, and uh, and Game Crazy stickers and Hollywood Video stickers as well. If they have them them on there, but yeah, man, Game Crazy. That just seeing that sticker. Man, oh, I hold that up again because it's got the two prices. Yeah. I forgot that they had that MVP program, which was essentially kind of like the equivalent to GameStop's. What do they have? Like
1: uh, the pro it? power up reward, yeah, yeah, yeah. reward pro membership, whatever. Except the game crazy one was better.
0: Oh my gosh, this cat in or out, man, figure it out.
1: Oh, my cat's going nuts too. Uh.
0: But, uh, but yeah, let me, let me see all three of those again. So. Yeah, those, so here's
1: Street One with the uh, no manual, but uh, you know I love GameCube discs. They're they're the coolest discs of all time. I, yeah. Uh, I just uh, my M- this is the cleanest one I have, which is good because it's the my favorite of the three. It's NBA Street Volume Two. This one is super clean looking. Case has the manual, has uh, the disc, which is you know fantastic. And then NBA Street Volume Three pretty good looking case got partial manual and what's in the upper left corner at nba street 3 oh so the gamecube version i yeah i'm glad you mentioned this uh you can play as as uh all the mario characters (laughs) in uh street volume 3 so they have mario luigi and peach as playable characters that's wild in that case, yeah, the
0: GameCube version is the best one to get then because you get all those bonus characters. Yeah, which is
1: cool because you can actually see it kind of in the bottom uh, left here. There's Mario trying to bust a move on the court. Damn, uh, he's so tiny too <laughs> against all these tall basketball players. That's hilarious. Yep. so uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty neat that uh, Nintendo actually did that and let that happen, uh, partnering with EA on that. That's kind of cool. Yeah,
0: man, GameCube games. I, I do love the discs. But man, sometimes I'll, I'll go to used game stores and they'll just be so scratched up.
1: Yeah, because I mean, I feel like Nintendo as a whole always marketed more toward children. So a lot of like people that had GameCubes got them for their kids. Unlike, you know, the Xbox or PlayStation. And you know how kids get when you get, you know, you get discs with, with little children. They're... You know, putting their grimy hands on it, scratching it up, not putting it back in the case, you know, all, all of the above.
0: Yeah, so you already have everything working against it. GameCube was, did not sell a lot of copies, so there's already less copies out in the world. And then, like you said, it was largely kids playing it who are not going to take care of their stuff. So that probably destroyed, like, countless copies of GameCube games. And that's part of, partly the reason they're pro- probably why they're so expensive now, because it's just, like, yeah. supply and demand. Because
1: I've been. It's funny g- you mentioned. Or go ahead. Oh, go ahead, man. Oh, I was saying it's funny you mentioned uh, the, the kids uh, and whatnot, or just the, the disc being scratched, because uh, my next lot, I have a story with that as well. But uh, I'll, I'll tease that and, uh, until I get through these ones first.
0: And I don't know what it is about the GameCube discs, but whatever material they use to put the, the covers on the disc. Over the years, a lot of those GameCube games are starting to, like, bubble up. And then the top of the disc will bubble up and then scrape off, that. and that will literally ruin the disc. I have a couple GameCube games like that, and uh, fortunately they still play, but I gotta be real careful, because if I touch the top of that disc and and brush off any of the the cover on it, it's just gonna ruin it. So, oh, man, man, those things are fragile, and and another thing contributing to fewer and fewer co- copies mm-hmm. existing.
1: And I don't currently own any of the other, you know, of that generation consoles. So when I am trying to collect it right now, I want to actually play the stuff I'm collecting. So I, I really do lean toward the GameCube. And it's never a bad thing to collect Nintendo because I feel like, like we've always talked about, Nintendo stuff always just hikes up in price. The, you know, the more, the more time that passes by just because, you know, there's... It's Nintendo. There's there's really no other other uh, reasoning for it. Um, but I'm going to keep going with my uh, GameCube lot. This is one that uh, I have talked to you about. But I'm eventually going to collect all of them. Uh, I did get Mario Party Four, which is my favorite of the GameCube Mario Parties. Uh, we are going to Mike and I. Mike is coming down uh, for the are coming up for the holidays uh, here, and I've been trying to get some. A collection of GameCube games that, uh, him and I can play. And then if some of the other neighborhood guys want to come over and play as well. And Mario Party 4 is always a classic, uh, to play with a bunch of friends. Um, but yeah, Mario, it, this one is, these are expensive. As we've talked about off pod, Mike, these are, uh, these are pretty pricey, all of them. And I've seen, like, I was, I was trying to cut corners and maybe just buy the whole GameCube lot in one swing, but, uh, on eBay, people were trying to get like six hundred, seven hundred dollars for hat for just like the full collection of GameCube ones. And I was like, nope, I'm gonna go ahead and just piecemeal these and uh you know take my time to try and get them. I got this one for I think I said fifty bucks, I wanna say somewhere in there. Um which honestly I I I've been my recipe for success has been lowballing offers on the make a offer section of eBay, which has really done me well. I you know, I don't see this for, you know, much less than, you know, 75 to 100 bucks. So I think I came out on top there. Yeah.
0: Chances are, if a seller is putting that make an offer option, they're willing to take a lower offer. <laughs> like, that's yeah. the whole reason they're putting it there. Exactly. So with the Mario Party games, how you were telling me, what, how many were released on GameCube? Because they released a lot of those Mario Party games on the GameCube. Yeah. Four, five, six,
1: seven, all on GameCube.
0: Dang. Man, they were cranking yeah. them out, and yeah, they're they were they're pretty pricey. But again, those are like some of the best games on the GameCube. So everybody wants the Mario
1: Parties. Exactly, and I don't have a sixty-four at the moment. And you can actually play Mario Parties one and two uh, on your Switch now. They actually have the backwards compatibility with uh, with Nintendo sixty-four. So you, I can play those on there for now um, until maybe later on I get a sixty-four and really wanna. Start collecting in that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on that. I got enough stuff I wanna collect right now. <laughs> yeah. But man, yeah, for the audience.
0: When Mitch and I were kids, the GameCube in his basement, I mean the that was just golden times because the whole neighborhood of kids would be over. I'd come over and we would just be playing Whatever multiplayer games we could on the GameCube Uh, Even even prior to that the N64 to some degree, but yeah GameCube for sure so I'm coming up for the holidays and uh, Mitch and I always play some cooperative games Anytime I'm in town. It's just like old times. We're back in his dad's basement Playing cooperative games on the TV. So this year it's definitely gonna be a GameCube game Themed year now that Mitch has got a handful of new GameCube games, he's going to be bringing his GameCube, and yeah, we'll see if we can round up any of the the old guys and um, see if they're willing to come back and just have a nostalgic jam session,
1: just like good old times. Absolutely, and uh, with with the GameCube, we all know that uh, it does not have HDMI an HDMI port on it, so. In order for us to play during the holidays, uh, I also picked up this retro RetroBit. Uh, it is an adapter that allows the GameCube, uh, basically gives the GameCube an HDMI port so we can use it with more modern TVs and it boosts the graphics up a little bit so it fits modern TVs, because as we know, the GameCube was you know originally meant for those crt tvs and you know the size of those compared to the flat screens the the long flat screens that we have now i did test this it works nice i tested multiple games on it it looked great played great Uh, i'm very satisfied with this i think i got this for 50 bucks as well um micah was uh great to uh show me this brand. Uh, I was looking at some other brands because he, Mike has one as well. Uh, and I wanted to check out this Prism, I think it's, yeah, Prism HD adapter. And yeah, very, very happy this one came, it's used, but it came with a remote with it to, to mess with and uh, the adapter worked great. So yeah, very pleased with this. So I will be bringing this with me as well so we could hook it up to the TV in the basement.
0: Yeah, and just a disclaimer, in order to order to use those HDMI adapters, you have to have a specific GameCube model. It has to be the model that has the digital out on the back of it. I think some models are missing that. So unfortunately, if that's the model of GameCube you have, you won't be able to use one of those
1: adapters uh, to get a, output
0: in HDMI on your GameCube.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because uh, during my college years, you and I didn't talk as much. We we we. You know talked here and there but not as much but i do vividly remember when i was buying my gamecube you telling me that or asking me which which model i had and i i happened to buy the right model at the time accidentally so the one i've, I've had since college is is actually the right model so it worked out great perfect all right man what you got next all right i'm just gonna be quick with these ones uh the one i tease that i've been really trying to add to the wii u collection is the legend of zelda twilight princess hd and of course we you uh, need to make sure you recycle with the <laughs> with the uh wii u games but um the wii u one is very hard to get it is it is priced uh usually a hundred dollars or above Whew. for some reason they did not i guess they just didn't print a lot of copies of this this wii u were one because uh my buddy swan we were at mega replay he picked up a wii one And the Wii version was $8. So I picked this up for $75, which is way more than, you know, I usually pay for games. But this one's never going to go down in price. And it was another one where I offered him like $25 below what he was asking. And he took it. So I tested this one. It works great. It looks great. I mean, they do say it's the HD version. And I pumped it in my Wii U and then it looks it looks fantastic, so I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to play it. Nice. Now, had you played that back in the day? Because I think that was
0: released on Wii, like you mentioned, and also on GameCube. Had you yeah, played both. it back in the day when
1: when it originally came out on either of those two consoles? Yes, I played it on Wii, not uh, not the GameCube though. But the GameCube one is also very expensive today. If you want to buy it, so I, I probably won't buy it on the GameCube because. I think I got the the best version available currently on the Wii U. Got it. Did you finish it on the Wii? I did not finish it on the Wii. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing is with Twilight Princess on the Wii, uh, it was actually the game that you use to jailbreak your Wii. <laughs> There's like a sort of like software uh, jailbreaking that you use at a certain point in the, in the Twilight Princess game. And... But by doing so, it ruined my save file, so I did I, I just didn't go uh, back into it after I ruined the save file. Dang. Um, but yeah, that's the one I've been teasing for a few weeks, and I'm so excited that I added that to the collection. I still have a lot to go, so I'm going to go quick. But uh, okay. this one is one I'm also super excited about. I got it right away. Oh, nice. I, and it is Super Mario RPG, the remaster. And I've never played this, but I'm as we've talked about many times, I'm a huge Japanese RPG fan and this game operates very much like a Japanese RPG uh, with with Mario characters. So um, once I saw that this was being released, I wanted to pick it up right away. And um, I've never not sure if you've heard of this, but I got it from a site called Geek Alliance and Geek Alliance. I was looking at the slick deals, which I I do, and I got this for like 45 bucks, which was, you know, like for a new release, like way cheaper than you usually get new releases on Switch for, Um, but they kind of operate like an Amazon. If you do a pre-order, you get like a 20% off, you know, Amazon used to do with new games. If you pre-ordered it, you get 20% off right away. Oh, I didn't know that. But now, yeah, I used to use that all the time for games that was like really, Knew I was going to get right away, and they don't do it anymore. But, uh, yeah, I I was like, This geek client spot sent this to me. I, you know, I got it the day of release. So it's like, a, you know, great on them. I was like, This is cool. I'm gonna start using this site a little more. Um, so yeah, that's Super Mario RPG going to my next stack. Uh, These are the ones that I actually got for free. As you know, Mike, Beverly is a estate sale. Uh, She's retired, but she does estate sales still in her free time. And uh, she, I guess, was holding out on me. And she told me that she had a bunch of video games in the garage, just in a tub. And she's like, "Oh, I've had them for like three or four years. What? Yeah. And I was like, Beverly, like, you, you know me, like, I want to see let me check these out and uh she's like sure they're way back you know behind my dad's band stuff she went back and got them for me and it was just a tub of games and i took quite a few of them because they were ones that you know i i would absolutely like to have dude that is awesome so it it goes back to the, the She did tell me they were owned. It was a family that had children, and the children were the ones that played these games. So I have not tested them yet. I'm a bit nervous on some of them. Okay. But let's just go through them while we can. We will start with the ones that you actually have as well. It is the Connect Sports. So it's Connect Sports 1, Connect Sports 2, Connect Sports Adventures. Okay. And then. a Just Dance uh, game. Uh, the uh, it's the Just Dance Greatest Hits. So I think it's a combination of like one and two. Interesting. I didn't know they had the Greatest Hits
0: one. Those are all great party games.
1: Yeah, great party games. I still have a Connect. I just don't have a three hundred and sixty. I will have to get a three hundred and sixty because none of these are the. Well, the Connect itself is not backwards compatible with the with the Series X. Mm-hmm. So that's those. But these are the heavy hitters that I was very surprised were in here. A lot of GameCube games. Whoa, Luigi's Mansion? Yeah, OG Luigi's Mansion. Um, Which, I mean, I was like, I don't have this currently. So I was like, man, I'm excited to add this one. Dude, that is a score right there. This one's kind of a score too, though. It is Donkey Kong Jungle Jungle Beat. Beat. So... It didn't she did not have the actual bongos so I'm gonna have to, I've been looking on eBay for the bongos and they're actually not as expensive as I thought they were so okay good um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to grab the bongos I'm gonna, after I test it to make sure the disc works first yeah one of my favorite games Super monkey ball yay dude this this was a score man. Yeah, Beverly was holding out on me. Apparently, it was in the garage for three years and never told me.
0: Oh, man. If I would have open that, look through that, and saw those GameCube games. Yeah, anytime you open stuff up like that, like a box just in the attic or in the garage, and you see GameCube games, man, that is... Yeah. That's a And then the last chest. one's a
1: funny one, but it's actually one I wanted to add because I, I had it as a kid, and I really enjoyed it. It is uh, Harry Potter Quidditch World Cup. Okay. was that and, You said uh, that was in the box, too? Yeah. Okay yep in the box too and i just figured hey uh it's actually you can play like one-on-one like uh quidditch against each other and i remember having as a kid it was pretty fun so yeah i was like all right i'll I'll take it with me why not um but yeah i mean all those i got for free from thank you beverly uh i wish you would have told me a little sooner but hey better late than never
0: yeah so you said there was more in there what did you pass on I'm curious. Um,
1: I passed on like, there was like some like Nickelodeon, like, like real, really, really like kid games, like not Peppa Pig, but you know, it was, it was very much um, uh, some Nickelodeon games, maybe like a Shrek game or something or like very ones that were aimed for children that I don't think I would ever, yeah, nah, <laughs> I, would I would ever pass on those too. or that are ever going to be worth anything. Yeah. man, uh, those some other, good like, ones dig- though. Yeah, there's a couple others I I picked up, but I didn't really feel like I have so many. I didn't want to, like, show them all, but I picked up uh, Portal 2 on 360. Okay. uh, Which is great game. Um, And then I also got uh, Skyrim on 360, which, I mean, they make so many Skyrims, but I just figured I don't have it in physical, so I'll just take it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anywhere you go, they're going to have like a thousand copies of Skyrim. There's just
1: boxes and boxes of those everywhere. All right, I've got t- two more tiny stacks here. I'm gonna go through them quick, cause uh, I know uh, we've been taking up a lot of time on this, but these are the ones you are, you do know about. Uh, shout out to my good buddy, Swanee. Uh, his gamer tag is Charlie Schwing. So uh, lately he's been going out and uh, he's been doing some American Pickers style stuff and just like scheduling a bunch of like Facebook Marketplace pickups and, and like just adding a bunch to his collection that he's either gonna flip on eBay or he's going to keep for his own collection. Uh, so he showed me some of the stuff he got, and I was like, "Hey, like I want this, 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 and this. Like, how much are you gonna give me?" And he gave me a great deal on it uh, because we were best friends. He tried to give me a better deal when I got to his house, but I would I refused because he was already giving me a great deal, and we already agreed upon an amount. So Swanee, I really appreciate that, man. You are you are a real one because you did the legwork on this. Uh, but yeah, I call him Charlie Pickers these days because <laughs> he's. Uh, He's uh, he's out and about uh, running around in Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, just picking up random stuff on a Saturday, which uh, I love that. Uh, So this one is one that we are going to be playing uh, during our uh, during our holiday. And it is OG Hunter the Reckoning. I have it already, but it did not have the case. I had like a just a crappy case. So, I mean, he he threw this one in on me for very cheap. So I was like, yeah, I'll take it again with full with case. Couple other cool ones. Both the Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers, yes. and Return of the King. Uh, Return of the King is actually multiplayer. We can play that with two players. I think, uh, yeah, the Two Towers is only one player, but you yeah. can do co op with the Return of the King. Yeah. Some options there. One of your favorite games, Mike, that we talked about a couple podcasts ago Def Jam Vendetta. Man, yes. Awesome. One I really wanted to. Uh, to add after, you know, the nostalgia of us talking about it. So it was nice that he he got it out of a lot from one of his pickups. Featuring DMX, Ludacris, Method Man, N-O-R-E, Redman, Scarface, WC and more. <laughs> the classics. Um, and then a, a game I'm going to talk about later, or a series I'm going to talk about later, but I picked up a Tales of Symphoria, which is uh, or Symphonia which is one of the Tales of series. Not one I've ever played before, but I saw that. Actually, it's a two-disc GameCube game, which is kind of okay. cool, the blue and the red. Yeah, it is cool. Um, so that is by pickups from my good buddy, Swanee. Thank you again. I uh, I appreciate you. I just That was the easy exchange ever. He just went over to his house and uh, <laughs> didn't have to do the legwork that he did. So thank you, Swanee. And then the final ones that Mike does not know about. I... Uh, was that Mega Replay this weekend. So uh, again, my buddy Swanny and I went to Mega Replays. We wanted to go just check it out together, see what they had, and they had a really good selection. I was just there like a month ago when I was at home and they did not have as good a selection as they had uh, this time around. So I picked up a couple things. Uh, first off, I've got uh, both DJ Hero and DJ Hero 2. Nice. Which is funny, uh, with Mega Replay, I didn't realize they do that these days, but, uh, Swanee pointed out to me, if they don't have the actual case, they kind of print their own, so this one isn't, like, legitimate, but, like, they kind of, like, they did their best to print, print something and put it in, like, it was actual original case.
0: Yeah, I actually appreciate when game stores do that, because I do that myself, too. Like, sometimes if I just get a loose game, I'll print out my own cover for it.
1: So it's nice when it's already done. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. These are, like, six bucks a piece, and, uh... I actually uh i just tested it out but i still have my dj hero turntable and uh i just put some new batteries in and turned it on just to make sure it works and yeah turns turns on still working excellent man so yeah i'm gonna have a good 360 though because a lot of these games i can't i can't play them without a 360. yeah and the best for last uh one i've been kind of hunting for i've got silent hill downpour okay and uh, this one was actually a little pricey, it was, I think it was 45 bucks. But uh, I was looking on eBay comps and I, I have not found this one for less than like 60 bucks at least. So it seemed like a no brainer. It was already there. Um, you know, I was buying some other things. So this one is backwards compatible. So I actually already popped it into my uh, my my uh, Series X just to make sure that it, it does work backwards compatible and it does so it's one i can actually play and one i have been wanting to play because i don't believe i finished it uh back when i was playing it in college i know it's not the best of silent hill games but right you know it, it's still got the we are the hills are silent podcast so it's only yeah, right absolutely. that i buy silent yeah i had that, that one back on
0: playstation 3 and same here i never finished it um like you said it's not the best one um but i would love to go back and, and finish that one someday
1: that is my pickups is a lot of games but again as i said it did not pay for all of them yeah a lot of uh, them are good deals or got for free yeah exactly so yeah that is that is my lot mike you should be should we dive all into yours yeah let's just just keep it rolling man cuz yeah, let's uh, keep it going going to be a long episode of pickups all right so i guess i'll
0: start with this one i picked up tomb raider the last revelation for sega dreamcast I have a very small Dreamcast collection, despite the fact I freaking loved that console growing up, but in reality, the, and I like that it has a little advertisement for Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver on the manual. Cool. That was a good game as well. But yeah, Dreamcast games are just so expensive, so it's kind of like, if you didn't get in on it early in the... Uh, It's kind of pointless now because stuff's just so overpriced. But this was a cheap game. I paid like 12 bucks for it. And this completes my Tomb Raider collection. This was the last one I was missing. I got all the ones on PlayStation 1. Uh, There was two games. There was this one and another one that was released on both PlayStation 1 and Dreamcast. So I opted for the Dreamcast version since the graphics are going to be better. Yeah, and then I've got the the ones released on PS2 and the ones on Xbox 360 and the the latest trilogy as well. Sure there's I some like that's... offshoots, like some Game Boy
1: Advance versions or something, but I'm not I'm not picking those up every time you bring up dreamcast i always i think i've already talked about this on the pod but i always just think of that one game that you had where you literally just put it in and you raise some sort of fish creature
0: yeah and you caution
1: seaman just... <laughs> or something yes. oh my god
0: yeah i bought that as a kid in my mind i thought that was incredible i'm like it's these artificial intelligent pets that you raise And it just seemed like such a cool concept to me. And it came with a microphone so you could talk to them. You're supposed to like nurture them and and tell them what to do and help them grow. And then when I got the game, I just realized how freaking terrible it was. Like, it's it's literally a pet simulator. Like, you have to log in every single day to feed them. And I'm just like, this is all the work of owning a pet with none of the actual like enjoyment or return. (laughs) <laughs> and the the talking to them aspect was like real basic and it just I don't know if there's people out there who love that game Good, I never got that far into it because I just didn't have the patience for it but I regretted Purchasing that when I could have gotten like a way more fun game I actually would have played back in the day because when you're a kid you got limited funds So when you buy a crappy game, you're just like dang it man stuck with this crap Mm-hmm Uh, But yeah, if I can find some good Dreamcast games, I'll get them. Um, But yeah, this was mainly just to finish my Tomb Raider collection because Tomb Raider is an iconic series that I feel like, even with how popular the latest trilogy has been, I feel like that, that series doesn't get enough love or attention. All right, so after that, got a couple Xbox 360 games, picked up the first Dirt... On Xbox 360. Been kind of on a racing game kick lately. And uh, the Xbox 360 is always super cheap to get games for. And I got this for like 7 bucks on eBay. And uh, I already had Dirt 3. There's like a complete edition, which you know how much I love complete editions. On disc, like give me all the DLC, give me everything. So I had Dirt 3 complete edition. And I uh, wanted to check out the first one on Xbox 360. And again, it's just anytime I see cheap 360 games, I typically just snatch them up. And uh, next, picked up oh, Marvel yeah. Ultimate Alliance 2 for the Xbox 360. Per Mitch's recommendation, he had told me these games were really good. So I got a complete copy here with the manual. Uh, i had already purchased the first game, but the second one is a little harder to come by. And uh, it just I've been keeping an eye out and I just couldn't find the right price on it And then finally somebody was selling it for on eBay for like 15 bucks So I'm nice. like that's, that's the cheapest I've seen it. It's a complete copy. Totally worth I'm it gonna get it So apparently I didn't know this but apparently the first Ultimate Alliance game has a complete edition That has oh. all the DLC characters on disc but it is very rare and goes for like 250 bucks so, wow. I'm like and again, at that point, I'm tapping out. I'm like, I'll just get the original one. I'm happy with that. I don't need all those DLC characters uh, Man, I, with how much they're I'm charging. I'm trying to it.
1: think with Marvel Ultimate Alliance like you can unlock a lot of those characters like through your playthrough too. I don't know about the DLC ones, but I know they're unlockables throughout your playthrough of the game.
0: Yeah, but yeah, there were like additional DLC characters they released at after the game came out that you could get yeah, like it's
1: probably like character i think packs. like blade might have been one of them or something i don't, who knows oh, oh man that would have been cool if
0: they had blade
1: but blades on one of them you may not have to it may be on the second one that you don't even have to purchase
0: yeah, yeah. all right so now oh, and we covered this on a previous episode these games have been delisted from yep. all digital platforms so the only way you can play these is through physical copies And that's another incentive for me to pick up physical copies because there's nowhere else you can play them the the license expired for marvel games for activision and they had to delist them
1: yeah they had as we talked about in the pod they had those digital remasters on the xbox one for a short time to purchase when they got i don't know they just they got the license for a little bit but I can still play them, but you can't buy them anymore. <laughs> yeah,
0: even that remaster was delisted like one or two years later. Yep. Uh, but yes, anyway, that was a recipe for me having to pick it up because it's you can't get it digitally, and Mitch told me they were great games, great co-op Absolutely. games, great couch co-op games.
1: Yeah, which, the trifecta right there. <laughs> yes,
0: man. When he told me all that is the whirlwind for the, yeah, that's my type of game. Alright, so then I got my PlayStation 4 copy of Resident Evil 4, yeah. which we already talked about. Um, I've actually been playing the PC version, but I wanted a physical, so I grabbed the PS4 version, which is nice because it comes with the PS5 upgrade if I ever someday get a PS5.
1: Yeah.
0: Alright, so let's see what I got next. Um, 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 um. I think this was... This whole next section is all from one big purchase from GameStop. So I guess technically this is a Black Friday deal. They they posted their Black Friday sale about a week and a half ago or something. Mm-hmm. And they had a ton of new games, not pre-owned. They had a ton of their new games on clearance. So all these are like f- five to ten bucks. So I snatched them up um first of all this one's not a game but i got a play and charge kit for xbox series x controllers so basically this actually works on xbox series s controllers and xbox series x controllers it comes with like a a custom battery cover that uh, that allows you to put these um, these rechargeable batteries in, and then it comes with a USB charger, and it actually comes with two batteries. So I have two Xbox Series X controllers. So for eight dollars, I got two rechargeable batteries.
1: Yeah, and those are worth every penny too.
0: I'd actually been looking out for something like this because man, my Xbox Series X controllers—they just eat through AA batteries. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. And I, I take the batteries as soon as I'm done playing, I take the batteries out because it seems like just leaving them in them in there is even draining the battery. I Yeah. Could be all in my head, but it seems to be the case, but I just can't believe how many AA batteries I'm going through. So I'm like I got to get rechargeable battery packs. But yeah, this was on While clearance, so for 8 bucks, I'm like nice.
1: heck yeah, man, that solves my problem. While you're on uh, peripherals, one one thing that uh, we did forget, uh what Mike wanted, Mike wanted a mod pack uh for the holidays. So uh, I went ahead. It says he already knows it's his, his Christmas gift or part of his Christmas gift from me. But uh, he sent me the listing, and uh, I went ahead and just it snagged it right away. But uh, yeah, Mike, do you want to you want to go over? Uh, it, it has uh, quite a few things on here that uh, you can you can soup up your uh, your controller with.
0: Yes. Speaking of uh, Xbox Series X controllers. So I love the back paddle buttons that they have on the Elite controllers. And for my PlayStation 4 controllers, I bought these uh, adapters that give you back buttons. And it's just so great for first person shooters. But when I play on PC with my Xbox Series X controller, I miss that. I'm like, I really just need some back buttons, but I don't wanna splurge and get an Elite controller because they're just crazy expensive. And all I really want is those back buttons. So I started looking around to see if there's a similar solution like there is on the PlayStation 4 controllers where you can just add an attachment that gives you back buttons. So after doing some research, I found several options. Uh, A couple of them are just way too expensive, but then I landed on the one that I asked Mitch for for Christmas, which uh, I think, I don't know, what was the listing, like 35 bucks or something? Yeah, 35 bucks. So yeah, it it wasn't too bad. Uh, So yeah, it gives you four back buttons that are programmable. The only caveat with that one is that it turns a wireless controller into a wired controller. So, in Mm. order to use that, you have to have your controller plugged in. It comes with like a USB C cord. So, but it's not the end.
1: If you're using it on your PC, like you're right next to your PC anyway, so you have to plug it in. No big deal.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm always like two feet from my computer, anyways. I don't care. Like, I grew up on wired controllers. Yeah. Wireless is great, but um, it's whatever. So anyway, yeah, there's some other features on there. You can download mods. It comes with a few, like, built-in macros, I guess, to kind of help you cheat at games like Call of Duty. And you can download others that are, like, way more serious cheats for Call of Duty. But
1: yeah. It does say that uh, you get the rapid fire, drop shot, anti recoil, auto run. You get yeah, all. Yeah, the- <laughs>
0: it's got some stuff that like really gives you a cutting ed- edge advantage, and by advantage I mean straight up you're cheating. So uh, <laughs> I'm not going to use that feature. I just wanted the back buttons. But if you ever wondered how some people are just crushing it in Call of Duty, most of those players probably have those controllers because that company also offers a subscription service to get additional mods. And they have. I looked at their website. They got some crazy stuff. I, I mean, oh, just like auto lock, like just stuff that would make you make make you the person in the Call of Duty server that everybody hates. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this that controller has those capabilities. But like I said, I won't be using that. But thank you, Mitch. The the back pedals. I've said it before. It, ever since that came out, it became a thing. In my personal opinion, that should be standard across all controllers. Just regular controllers nowadays should just have the back buttons. Like That is just uh, a revolutionary step that I think should just be commonplace these days. I shouldn't be having to buy an attachment to get back buttons on my controller. Agreed. All right, but anyway, back to my big pickup. Like I said, this is all brand new games that were on clearance on GameStop, and Mitch and I... We've talked about this before, like GameStop kind of has a crappy thing where you only get free shipping if you go, if you spend at least $79, which is a random number and also a very high threshold until you get free shipping. But it is what it is. I definitely went over that getting this stack. So I got free shipping and yeah, all these games are great deals. So first up, they're all PlayStation 4 games. First up is Tormented Souls for the PlayStation 4. And this is a survival horror game that wears its inspiration on its sleeve. It is definitely inspired by the original Resident Evil and Silent Hill games, even down to the static camera angles and even down to the fact that you are in a mansion, just like the original Resident Evil game. comes with a little map there of all the floors, which if you actually look at the layout of this mansion, it is... Very similar to Resident Evil 1's mansion. So this is totally uh game's totally inspired by Resident Evil 1.
1: I like how it says on the back, classic horror is back.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah, classic survival horror is back. I mean they they can't sure. be more blatant yeah. that is a Resident Evil clone. Uh but yeah. that was $10. I also got another horror game, Little Nightmares 2 for PlayStation 4 for $10. I have not played the little nightmares games yet. I'm not either, but I always hear very great things. Yeah, it looks cool. And then I've mentioned before on the podcast that I am heavily into collecting physical VR games because the mass majority of VR games are not physical, which means that preserving these games is going to be a challenge in the future. Uh, so my PlayStation one VR collection is steadily growing. I picked up Bravo team, which is a two player cooperative military shooter, very uh, very arcadey on the PlayStation four. It did not get the greatest reviews, but I mean, everything's cool in VR. So like it's, it's going to be decent, and the fact it's co-op too, as long as there's still people online that are willing to jump in and play, I think that would be fun just to play through it. I think it maybe
1: takes like three hours to beat. Speaking of PSVR, uh, they are I didn't know if you saw, their, they are making a sequel to what we've talked about in the past, Arizona Sunshine.
0: I did see that. Uh, I bet that's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, on that episode when I covered Arizona Sunshine, I talked about picking up the PlayStation VR AIM controller which is basically like a gun peripheral for the PlayStation 4 VR. Not very many games support that. And this one, this Bravo team I just picked up, also supports that controller. So I do have a small collection. I got the controller and a small collection of physical games that actually support that AIM controller, which is freaking awesome. Because you know I love light guns, and that's like the VR equivalent of that. Yep. So keeping on with that theme, another physical PlayStation VR game Killing Floor Incursion. but I didn't realize Killing Floor did a
1: VR game.
0: Yeah, but actually the only way to get a physical copy of Killing Floor Incursion is to get this Killing Floor double pack that includes that VR game and Killing Floor 2. Got it. So I love Killing Floor 2, but I mean, it's really an online-only game, so there's really no point in, in having a physical copy. But really, I got this... Just so I could get the uh, VR stuff. The VR stuff, yeah. And uh, Killing Floor, man, great cool, cool series. Cool disc,
1: Cool, cool cover, cool disc.
0: Yep. So then, and this actually, this one, did I get this on eBay? I think the Killing Floor one I got on eBay. The Bravo team was eleven dollars. This Killing Floor I think was like fifteen on eBay. And then for five dollars, I got Battlefront two for PlayStation four. Which of course the Elite Trooper Deluxe yeah, Edition. Yeah, Elite Trooper Deluxe Edition, I guess, whatever that means. It comes with some downloadable code for like some extra armor, and that's the only difference. But uh I mean five got five dollar games. Love it, man. Especially like a huge AAA game like like Battlefront 2. I mean that's a great deal. And uh they had a single-player campaign in this, so even if okay. they shut down the servers years from now, there's at least a like a I don't know a small little six-hour single-player campaign you can jam on. All right, next I finally, finally, finally got Elden Ring. It was on nice. sale on GameStop for twenty dollars for the PlayStation Four version, which also comes with the PS5 upgrade, which is nice. I like that they do that. Yeah, and. Uh, Man, this game is so popular; just would not drop in price. So finally, it hit that twenty-dollar mark, and I was like, "All right, man, that's like typically the most I- I'm willing to pay for a video game." So that's cheap enough for me. Yep. Um, and then I got Doom Eternal for ten bucks. I've been playing this on Game Pass, and uh, I mean, in all honesty, I prefer Doom 2016 over Doom Eternal, even yeah, though everybody about, everybody's hyped this game up to no end. Um, I agree.
1: I like 2016 as well.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's good. I mean, for 10 bucks, I definitely have a physical copy. And it runs great on PlayStation 4 as well, especially PlayStation 4 Pro. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least... I don't know. I think I maybe paid 10 bucks or less for this. It is Need for Speed Heat for PlayStation 4. Another racing game. <laughs> just like uh, Tomb Raider, I'm trying to get all the Need for Speed games. And uh, I've got pretty much all the older ones. I was just missing some of the PlayStation 4 ones. And uh, the Need for Speed reboot on PlayStation 4 requires an always online connection so there is Mm -hmm. no point in getting that game physical because if they shut the servers down that disc is a coaster and is useless but for Uh, the games they released after that including need for speed heat they do not have that online only requirement
1: tying it back together to gamecube i do remember literally watching you play need for speed underground in My dad's basement, uh, on the GameCube uh, back in the day Yes, my love for Need for Speed
0: definitely started with Need for Speed Underground One of the best soundtracks in gaming too. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All right, man, so Just keep things moving along. Yeah, the last thing I picked up is uh, an official OEM PlayStation Vita charger now the only reason I'm bringing this up, because usually would be like, "Who cares? You got a charger." The only reason I'm bringing this up is because when I bought my PlayStation Vita, it came with just the USB cable. It did not have the the wall brick to actually like plug it into the wall. So that, so I got a third party one off of like eBay or Amazon or something, just some cheap cheap knockoff, and uh, it worked for a while. But over time, I realized the thing just got so hot. Now, I know a lot of charger bricks get hot, like even cell phone ones. If you charge your phone for a couple hours and touch it, it'll be warm to the touch. But it should never be scalding hot. No. And this, this, that third-party PlayStation Vita charger would be so hot, you couldn't even touch it. Oh, no. And I'm like, this is a fire hazard. So... I was like, I need like an actual original PlayStation Vita Charger because I suspect Sony has higher quality assurance and uh, probably those ones are safer. Mm -hmm. So I thought it'd be simple. All right, just get on eBay and just just search for an original PlayStation Vita Charger. Much harder than it seems. One, because most of the listings are for third-party knockoffs. And second, the ones that do claim to be OEM PlayStation Vita chargers. Um, I just want to mention on the screen right now, I'm showing the exact third-party one that I had that seems to be a fire hazard. So if you have a PlayStation Vita, do not get this one. But anyway, looking at a lot of the listings for, um, quote unquote, original PlayStation Vita chargers, they're also knockoffs. And I mean, they're Sony branded. They got the Sony name, the PlayStation logo, but they're clearly fakes. And the reason I say that is because if you look at these sellers, they're selling like hundreds of them. Oh, like really man somehow you just came up on a lot of 600 original PlayStation Vita chargers I don't buy it that's a knockoff so it's very hard to tell because you know they're using the same molding and they look they look legit but uh, I'll say what I realized is that the original ones have a slightly different back to them that has all the information and all the mm. the quality assurance and companies and stuff and regulations that they have to pass for all the different countries and stuff. So I'm showing it on the screen right now. If you look at this first image, which is the knockoff, you see the back of it. And it again, it even says Sony. But if you look at an official one, you'll see that there's a lot more regulatory symbols on it. And, uh, you'll also see that it says, my head might be blocking it on the screen, but in the bottom right-hand corner, it says the month and year it was manufactured, Mm. which is actually printed on it. So that's typically a sign of an official one. So yeah, you want to look for, make sure it has all of the regulatory symbols and that time stamp on when it was manufactured is also a good indicator that it's probably legit. And the That's legit ones were go. made in several countries. So you can't just go by that either. There's ones I think that were made in the Philippines, ones that were made in the China, in China. But those are but both are official. They're just made in different locations. Oh, uh, but yeah, just I'm going back and forth between the original one and a legit one. And uh, but another thing to look out for is um is it scratched up? Is it used? It, you know, does it look like somebody bought it with their Vita, used it for years, and then now is turning around and selling it? Does the seller only have one? If they're only selling one, then likely it could be legit. But if they're selling hundreds and hundreds of them, nah man, they're they're manufacturing those. But anyway, I just you wanted to put it. that put go ahead, what are you gonna say, Mitch?
1: Uh, I was just saying you've got to be careful because I've actually run into something similar. You just bought one of those battery pack uh, things from GameStop. Uh, I have an actual like dock of batteries. So there's like four batteries and you just place them in the dock and then you just swap them out whenever you're whenever you're ready. But um, I actually had another one prior to it and Amazon actually sent me a message saying, hey, the one that she bought is actually a fire hazard. So you should probably get rid of that one, uh, which good on Amazon. I guess there might have been enough uh, reviews talking about fire hazards and how it, you know, probably got really, really hot uh, to the point where Amazon sent out a mass thing to people that purchased them and said, hey, there is a there is a legitimate case for fire hazards with this branded third party charging kit. Uh, you should probably switch it out for something different dang
0: yeah you got to be careful with batteries and battery chargers if the quality is not there they can definitely be fire hazards. i mean that's really anything for any electronic but right yeah so i just wanted to put that public service announcement out there that if you got a playstation vita uh try to get an original charger and um, i just feel safer using this one than the other one that got scalding hot yeah, definitely. And, but I didn't think it was going to be such a task to have to like s- sift through all these fakes to just get an OEM
1: one. It's good to know for me, because eventually I will get a Vita and I will go down that same path of trying to... If it doesn't already come with one when I buy it, I will definitely be going down that same path.
0: Yeah, and the third-party one, man, I probably paid like 10 bucks for that. And this OEM one, I, it was like 35 But... I'd rather pay a little bit extra money having the peace of mind that I'm not gonna burn my house down. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I say a little bit more cost if you burn your house down compared to the, you know, $25, $20 difference between chargers. Yeah. All right,
0: man. Uh yeah, we've we've covered a lot. This episode's already running pretty long. We got one. More thing to go over. I think I'm gonna save my recently played until the next okay.
1: episode. So, Mitch, what you been playing, man? Yeah, uh, been really looking forward to talking about this one. As as the podcast knows at this point, I am the JRPG gamer. I don't. It doesn't. Uh, I don't take long before I pop another JRPG in the in the disc drive or boot it up on my on my console, and uh, I I have. Played and completed another one, which is a a role playing game developed by Bandai Namco Studios called Tales of Arise. And uh, as I hinted earlier, I was playing a Tales of game. I just did get that Tales of Symphonia on on the GameCube, uh, basically because of how much I loved Tales of Arise. Uh, It took me about 40 hours to beat, which is, I mean, a fairly average you know, time to beat a, a JRPG. I only took like two weeks to beat it. I was once I got into it, I was gripped, and uh, you know, I had some time off uh, from work, so I, I really, uh, I really got into it, and I did. I didn't escape. I just, I, I kept playing. And uh, this is my first. Uh, so, Tales of is a is a whole series. There are many of them. I'm not sure exactly how many. A lot. They, I think they go back for years, too. Yeah, because obviously the one I got is on GameCube, so I think it goes back even further than that.
0: Yeah, uh, that one uh, that one right there is like 20
1: years old, so, man, this a long-running yeah. series. Yeah, but this is actually, shockingly, my first Tales of game, and now I'm kicking myself for not playing more of these back in the day. But uh, to talk about this one specifically, Tales of Arise takes place in a setting divided between the medieval world of Dana... And the advanced world of Renna, and uh, the story is really what captures me in JRPGs. And this one, this one definitely got me. Uh, without giving away too much, basically, those who are Rennins have powers, uh, you know, magical powers that that they are blessed with. And uh, Danins are more of the common folk. They do, aside from a few, they don't have any sort of powers or magical anything. Uh, the Rennins invaded and conquered dana so they they're you know they have all these powers they come in and conquered dana enslaving the population and dividing the land between five isolated realms that are each ruled by a lord so these Renans came down invaded dana enslaved the whole population and then placed a runnin lord as basically the ruler of each of each of the realms it which uh, really captivated me right away uh but it it did once i hit like the 30 hour mark it did get a little uh they did as jrpgs do they did drag it out a little bit so i I, if they ended it at 30 hours honestly that probably would have been best but uh, still a great game so what I loved about it, there's just amazing animated cutscenes, and there's a ton of inspiration behind um, anime in the game. So, uh, before I go into that, to go back to the story, your, your main character is nicknamed Iron Mask, and his ultimate goal is to free all the Danons from slavery by linking up with other revolutionists and uh, taking out all of those lords in each of the realms. So it's pretty cool. You're, you're the main character, you're gonna go in and you're gonna take out all these lords. You're gonna free the free the population from slavery. And uh, that's you know that's really the the base of the story right there. But uh, back to the the cutscenes. The cutscenes are just amazing animation. You could tell it was heavily inspired by anime. A lot of the English voice actors actually uh, also voice characters in popular animes, uh, the English voice actors. Uh, like Attack on Titan, uh, Seven Deadly Sins, My Hero Academia, I, like I kept recognizing these voices. I was like, I need to look up who these voice actors are, and I looked, and they were actually like pretty popular characters from from like Attack on Titan, for instance. Uh, it even mirrors, so like some of the cutscenes even like mirror anime, so like at different arcs in the story. If you boot up the like if you like close out the game, you're done playing the game for for the you know for for a time, then you boot it back up. It's actually a different entrance into the game. Like it's a different opening cutscene like when you first are booting up the game. So like it's kind of like anime, you know, when you hit you hit a certain arc in in an anime story, like it changes up the intro to the anime. They do the same thing in Tales of Arise, which I thought was kind of a cool touch. Uh, so that's basically the story, the animation, just all that drew me in. Great. Those are, that's usually can get me pretty hooked on a JRPG, but let's talk about the combat, which is also a lot of fun. Uh, as I said, there's a ton of tales of games, but apparently they use a very similar combat system in a lot of their, a lot of their games. And they call it linear motion battle system, which is uh, an interesting way to, a combat system it reminds me of a lot of final fantasy 7 though in the combat there where you're controlling one character but you have you know you have three other characters in your party that you're actually that are moving around the map with you and doing things and you can basically command them to to focus on healing or focus on like targeting one enemy and while you are controlling the the one character are are engaging in you know basically free flow combats once you, you know, once you run into an enemy, it brings you into a combat battlefield. You and your other team members fight the enemies. And very, very similar to Final Fantasy VII if you've you've played that. Uh, So there's a heavy focus on evading, countering, or what they call breaking. It's basically causing the enemy to flinch for a short time. And... Once you break an enemy, essentially like, yeah, they flinch for a short time and you get to just wail on them and completely, you know, they don't. They're not they're not attacking for a little bit and it gives you a good opening to do a lot of your powerful moves. As I said, there's four characters battling at a time. You're in control of one of them. Each have their own skill tree and strengths. But again, you only control one of them, but you can switch between characters. You you don't have to control the, the main character of the story. If you want to play one of the other people for a bit, you can. There's a boost gauge for each character. which your boost gauge basically? This is this I thought was super cool. Uh, once you like basically once you're attacking enough, you like fill a boost gauge, and once you hit that, your character enters a little like cutscene where they'll do some like cool move like on the on the enemy, and a lot of those a lot of those boost uh, moves will work for. Each boost move for each character works well on certain enemies to make them break or flinch. So, for instance, like the main character, he like swings his fire axe, and he's good on a certain type of enemy and makes them makes them break, and then everybody can start wailing on him. But they also build up another gauge where characters actually combine and do attacks together, which are like super cool cutscenes where two characters are like combining certain moves to like finish off an enemy at the end of uh, that enemy's life so a lot of just cool combat scenes it's it's pretty crazy a lot of different colors a lot of different move sets skill trees uh then obviously it's the it's the typical jrpg with you leveling up uh your weapons your armor your accessories which is kind of I've, i've kind of I've kind of gone to realize that that's my favorite part of JRPGs is actually like hunting for, you know, like stronger weapons and stronger armor that, you know, there's always like in Tales of Arise, there's a lot of chests along the way that you find in certain nooks and crannies. And if you go down certain areas that uh, aren't part of the main path, you'll find something great for your character. And I, I've come to realize it's kind of my favorite part of, uh, of JRPGs. But yeah, that that's basically it in a nutshell. Uh, you know, I went through that a little quick, but I think I covered a lot with that. It, I highly recommend the game. It is. I the only reason I I already owned it for a while, but I only reason I popped it in and I was I was looking for I think I was just googling like JRP, must play JRPGs in you know twenty twenty three, and yeah, unanimously people kept saying Tales of Arise. You need to play Tales of Arise. And, I, yeah, I did not disappoint. I beat that in, insanely quick, and, it you know, it's made me want to collect some of the other Tales of games, so I can, I can see how those are in comparison to Tales of Arise.
0: Nice, man. So it does say, so right now on Steam, it's on sale half off for 20 bucks. It does say that there is a Beyond the Dawn expansion pack which that's not yeah, on it sale. P- it's full price right now for $30. So I'm assuming that's probably a pretty hefty expansion pack. So having so- just beat this, are you itching for more single-player content? Would you jump into the expansion? Would you wait till it was on sale? Or do you think that you've done enough of this this game story mode that you're not interested in the DLC? So
1: it's funny because like I was... I was playing it. I started playing it and didn't realize an expansion was coming out. And then one time the game update and I launched it again. And then, hey, here's a they're, they're advertising an expansion for me. I was like, whoa, I guess I started playing this at the at a, at a popular time. But uh, as far as I, I got a lot, it was a, it was a long game and they drew that last ten hours of the story out. I thought it was done at the 30 hour mark. I thought it was over, but then they they threw some typical JRPG of just like making up something that just continued the story on for another ten hours. It seemed like it could have ended at, at the thirty hour mark, and I would have been satisfied with the ending. But then they they took a crazy turn that that dragged out a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna wait for sale on that one. I think I also want to check out some reviews to see if it's like the story content is worth playing. If it's anything like the last ten hours of that game and the, it the, like how the story followed at that point, I may I may pass on it. Plus, there's just so many other JRPGs I want to get to, so it's almost like maybe I play a completely another different story for a bit, and then maybe I'll, maybe I'll go back to it at some point in time. But for the meantime, I think I'm I got my fill, and like like I said, I you know 40 hours is a lot of time in a game, so you know to, I'm sure that that expansion is not it, it probably adds at least another 10 out 10 to 15 hours into the game. I'm gonna guess just based on the price tag of thirty dollars. Yeah.
0: And I uh, actually saved one pickup that I did not mention earlier. And Mitch, when you messaged me telling me that you just finished, were playing this game and you just finished it, I had made that, that big GameStop purchase, and GameStop was selling Tales of Arise on PlayStation 4, brand new, for $5.
1: Yeah, that is so much content for $5. Like, that's an absolute steal.
0: And uh, yeah, I bought it on a whim. I was like, I looked at the reviews. I saw it got amazing reviews. I saw that it had just come out not too long ago. And I'm like, five bucks? All right, I'll take a chance on this. And then, sure enough, that the, I guess the I think it was the very next day, you were like, hey, man, I've just been playing this Tales of a Rise game. It's great. I'm like, all right, man. Glad I scooped that up for five bucks then.
1: Yeah, I think I paid a little more than that I want to say I probably paid like 20 for it at the time but I also bought it like at least a year or two ago so um. it, it, it always blows my mind when I get some like incredible
0: game with high production values great gameplay just great everything for five bucks it's just like man it's wild when games get yeah, that, that cheap and it's something <laughs> really good
1: yeah, that that's insane because that's there's so much content in that game and and they put so much effort into all that. They have great voice acting, great cutscenes, great combat. You know the story is great for you know up until a certain point, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's five dollars. Yeah, if anybody if it's still five dollars and anybody is interested in JRPGs, absolutely pick that up. Yeah, and just looking at the videos and the screenshots,
0: the art style looks incredible on this. Yes, so I, man, they have some top. Tier artists that worked
1: on this. Yeah, Band Namco they know what they're doing with a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, stuff that they they work on. Yeah.
0: All right, man. I think uh, I think that should wrap it up for this episode. Another long one, yeah. but man, we just we blew through a lot of stuff we wanted to talk about. A lot of great pickups. Um, got more stuff to cover in the next episode. There's some games that I've been playing recently that I want to talk about, but just don't have time on this episode, so I'll save it for the next one. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. You can find all our episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple
1: Podcasts. Mitch, where else can we be found on the Internet? Yep, you can find us at our Twitter, at HillsAreSilent. Instagram is Instagram backslash Silent, Our TikTok is at the Silent Podcast. Our YouTube is at the Silent. If you have any questions, comments, hit us up at our email inbox, Silent at gmail.com, or comment on Spotify episodes or YouTube episodes. Thank you everyone for all your comments. As always, we will catch you on the next episode.